It's a whole new world, or at least a new continent anyway. This is Legendary Adventures, a Legend of Zelda podcast. I'm your host, Paul Riley. This week in Zelda 2, we're rafting across the sea to explore the towns of Naburu and Darunia and the Maze Palace. Next to the harbor town of Mido, we find a dock. It's the only one in the game. With the raft we acquired from the island palace, we can launch from this dock across the sea to eastern Hyrule. In this new section of Hyrule, there are tougher enemies. A number of them can only be wounded when their eyes are open. Some others appear invulnerable. That is until we reach the town of Nuburu. There we will meet a thirsty woman. Her house happens to be located right next to a fountain, and checking the fountain gives us this strange message. Want to get some water? That's apparently telling us that we now have a container of water, and when we return to the thirsty woman, she lets us inside her home. There we'll meet an old man who teaches us the fire spell. Enemies who cannot be damaged with regular sword strikes will take damage after the fire spell is cast. And come to think of it, that's making good on a hint that we got all the way back at the start of the game in Rauru, where someone told us that if all else fails, to use fire. There are a few other hints to round up. In town, we'll meet a man who tells us that if he had boots, he could walk across the water. Sounds like we need to get ourselves those boots. There's also a child who tells us to jump into a hole in the palace, and a woman near the outskirts of town tells us to speak with a man in Darunia before we go to the islands. This is a hint that there will be a magic spell required to complete the next palace. Heading north from Nuburu, we pass through a cave and then head west. We'll find the town of Darunia. Here we see the return of Ganon's spies, the townspeople who turn into monsters when spoken to. I still don't like this particular mechanic, but it does reinforce the story. In Darunia, we'll find a woman who urges us to rescue a child. That child is found to the east on Maze Island. After crossing the bridge to Maze Island, we take the path to the south and then walk all the way to the east until we are forced to the north. As we follow the path north, we'll run into an unmarked square that leads to a cave with the child inside. Returning to Darunia with the child will grant us access to the old man who teaches the Reflect spell. And as I've mentioned, this spell is essential for completing the next dungeon. Also in Darunia, we can meet a swordsman and learn the Upthrust. I discovered the way to reach him from a walkthrough. You have to duck through the chimney. There are some hints that the swordsman is here in town. Someone does tell you that there is a swordsman there, and I learned later that you can check the door of the swordsman's house, and it will tell you that someone's inside, but I'm not sure I would have found this without the help of the walkthrough. Traveling back east to the maze, we again travel south, but then we'll take the first fork we can to the north. We'll cross a river that runs through the maze two times, before taking a north fork in the path to cross the river a third time. After the third bridge, there's another fork in the path. I did not know this on my first playthrough of the maze, but after the third bridge, players should take the south fork to find an unmarked cave with a magic container. These containers are required to get the final spell of the game, and it's best if you can find this container on your first time through the maze. Once the magic container is collected, the goal of the maze is to navigate to the northernmost point and then head east until forced south. There are a number of unmarked trap squares within the maze, but following the path that I described will result in players passing through the fewest of these trap screens as possible. 
Now to the dungeon itself. This is the first dungeon that I've disliked on this playthrough. Again, it has a radically different visual appearance that makes it feel different, but it also features several repeated rooms, both from the previous dungeon and from within the dungeon itself. We have at least three rooms from the Island Palace that are reused within this dungeon, and one of those rooms is reused twice. There's also a new room introduced here that's used three times within this dungeon. Of note, this dungeon introduces the Wizrobe enemy. These behave much the same way as they did in the first game. They appear on the screen, fire a wave of magic, and then disappear. Unlike the Wizrobes of the original game, they appear to be weak to only one thing, their own magic. Players wanting to defeat them must cast the Reflect spell and then bounce their magic back to them. I found you have to be fairly close for this to work, otherwise the Wizrobe disappears before their magic reaches them. And I also generally just found it easier to avoid these enemies altogether. When we first enter the dungeon, the west wing is closed behind a locked door. Using an elevator to the east, we'll descend one level and then jump over a large pit and continue all the way east to find a key. On our way back, we're unable to jump over that large pit again, so we'll have to do as the child in Nibiru suggested and jump down the pit. Falling one level, we'll head east until we find the dungeon item, the boots. We then double back and fall down the pit a second time and head east and have a bit of deja vu as we move through a repeated room to get the key. It's then back west through another repeated room to get another key before riding an elevator back up to go through the previously locked west wing. As we move through this wing, we'll go through two rooms that we've already seen in this dungeon to get two more keys, and then two rooms that reappear from the island palace to reach the boss. The boss here is called Karak. It's a giant wizard who, despite the difference in name and size and appearance, is basically just a wizrobe. It disappears and reappears, flings magic with each move. As with the wizrobes, the strategy is to bounce the spell right back at the boss. For me, that meant casting the reflect spell and then planting myself on the left side of the screen. Karak fell pretty quickly and was one of the less difficult bosses in the game. After placing the crystal and leveling up, we exit the palace. Using the newly acquired boots, we can walk across the river that form part of the maze wall and exit quickly. Next week, we'll use the boots that we got to walk across the water near Nibiru and head to the Ocean Palace. If you want to follow along and you haven't already, please subscribe. Please also consider sharing this with another Zelda fan. Zelda 2 can be played on the Nintendo Switch NES Online app with a subscription. I'm Paul Riley. Thanks for listening.